Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. Genesis chapter 1. This is our last week we just kind of introduced our subject of redemption, doing an in-depth study. Now, let me say this. The reason the Lord put, put on my heart to do it this way is that this is the subject you need to be saturated with. If you're not saturated with this subject, all the other subjects, are not, they're not going to find their right place in your life because you won't understand the perspective of where they fit, amen, how they operate. You won't understand it unless you understand it from the view of the Word of God and who you are in Christ, the view of redemption, the, the view redemption gives us. Amen? So this is, I guess you could call it a doctrine. This is the truth or the truth of God that establishes the realities of the Word of God, as we've said as, in teaching the Word, Old Covenant, New Covenant, Bible divided into two. You've got one, uh, it looks like to be this thick, the other about that thick, but the thing is, it doesn't matter how thick they are, it matters what they say. The Old Covenant is written for us. Everybody say for us. The New Covenant is written to us. Everybody say to us. There is a difference, amen? Therefore, we draw example, we draw inspiration, we can even draw faith from the Word of God that is the Old Covenant, but we draw identity from the letters that Paul wrote to the church in whom we see ourselves in Christ and what we have in Christ and what we can do in Christ. So really the two most relative words for the believer once he's born again is to have an understanding of who he or she is in Christ. So I need to be healed in my body. No, you need to understand who you are in Christ. And so my finances are just, you know, they're just in the garbage. No, you need to understand who you are in Christ. Now, Two things before we begin to dig. Everybody say dig, because we're going to do some digging into this stuff. Two things before we begin to dig, and this is what I'm really praying when I pray over the church and pray over these meetings, pray over you. I pray out of Ephesians chapter 1, amen, that God would grant us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened, amen, that we would know uh, what is the hope or the expectancy of his calling upon our life. And then I also like the first part uh, of chapter 3, uh, there the prayer that's prayed there in chapter 3, it talks about we being strengthened in our inner man by his might. Christ dwelling in our hearts by faith, we being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, length, depth, and height to know the love of Christ and that we might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now, can you imagine what that means to be filled with all the fullness of God? Well, if God didn't want us or if that was not a potential of life upon the earth, why did God put it in his word? Amen. So when we begin to study the subject of redemption, number one, you need to understand revelation, what revelation is and how revelation operates or works. Revelation is that which God gives you. Revelation, the word itself, means to be uncovered from the source. Uh, one of the primary scriptures that we look at in the Bible to understand the subject of revelation is Matthew chapter 16. When Jesus was with his disciples and he asked a question, whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? 
They said, well, some say you're Jeremiah. Some say you're Elijah. Some say you're John the Baptist or some other prophet. He said, whom do you say that I am? Simon Peter, he piped up and said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus turned to him and said, blessed, empowered art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto me. Now you say, well, pastor, that, that, that's Peter and that's Jesus and, and, and I'm just a little old saint down here on the earth, you know, just trying to barely get by. But listen, if you know in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, is Savior, and if you've made it personal, he is your Lord and your Savior, you have knowledge of that, you adhere to that, then you too have been visited by God and he has placed revelation on the inside of you. But revelation is a seed that needs to grow. And as revelation grows, understanding grows. These are the two components we need to study the doctrine or the truth of redemption that is revelation and understanding. You say, well, what does that mean? That means by revelation, we come into the knowledge of these things and we operate in the knowledge of them without full explanations of what they are. You say, well, I don't believe I can do that. You do it every day. I mean, unless I know we've uh, Roy's in here and some of the other guys can work on cars, I don't know what to do with one. But I drive my car by understanding. Amen. Same thing with my phone and everything else that's technical. I trust or have faith in the people that made it. I hope it's, you know, something good. But if it's not, I don't know. I guess God will reveal it to us. But in reality, I don't know really anything except push the button when the, you know, when the thing starts quacking at me, you know. Hello? Like, you know, I like the Beverly Hillbillies. They've always been one of my favorites. And Granny said one time, that's the strangest thing. Every time that music plays, someone's at the door. <laughs> one of those kind of deals, you know. So, you know, you just, you just operate it. Thank God. How does healing operate? Well, it operates by faith. We believe we receive it. Walk in the reality of it being our identity in Christ. You say it can't be that simple. If it wasn't, we couldn't get it. It is that simple. So by understanding, revelation finds a place in us and we're able to move forward in faith, not because we can explain everything, but because God's given us something to grab hold of or to believe. That's what faith is. Amen. So we're going to begin tonight to look at creation. Everybody say creation. Creation is where all of this begins and there's a lot in creation that if we have understanding of that, of that, then you'll understand the need. We'll study that also, the need for redemption, why man needed redemption. And, and, and here's the thing. All that goes on and all that is in the Word of God, the logos of God, is the mysteries of God. But listen, the rhema of God, the, the, the volume of information that rhema can produce, you say, what do you mean by that? Well, all logos can produce is this right here. This is it. Here's our logos. But what can rhema produce? Oh, my goodness. It's what, it's what upholds, maintains, and propels the universe. God's mighty word of power. Amen? So, creation, Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. Now, notice what it says here. Let me read just, just for a few moments here, and then we'll come back and look at it. It says, In the beginning God created the heaven and the, heavens, heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Now notice this. 
in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Now, that is an eternal word, just like all the rest of the words of this book. And the scope of that is unimaginable by the, unimaginable by the human mind. You say, do you believe that there was a pre-existent earth before, before the current earth? Of course, the Bible bears it out very plainly that there's been generations of things that have gone on upon planet earth. But at this particular time in, in the history of eternity, if you can even say it like that, God came back down to a planet that was already here. Now notice what it says. In the beginning, God created the heaven, and that could be one millisecond, or that could be billions of years. I don't know. You say, do you believe in the Big Bang Theory? I don't believe in any theories. I believe in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and I don't believe our minds hold the capacity to really have true understanding of what that is until we're actually in a place in the Spirit to understand it. In the meantime, the just shall live by faith. Amen. So however long that was, whatever that entails, the generation, I don't know, I don't know. But notice the next verse too. And the earth was. If it's, if it's not was, it's not there. But if it's was, it's there. But notice what it was. The earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. So here was the earth, here it was, but it was just, just this big chunk of nothingness hanging out in the middle of the universe placed exactly where it is right now by the word of God and created by the word of God you say what do you mean created in the dispensation or the age in which we live we trace our history back to creation so for us it begins with creation but that does not mean there was something there was not something beyond us amen See, a lot of people, they just get all crazy when they hear stuff like that. But in reality, it's really pretty simple. God has dealt with this expression of humanity now for 6,000 years, and we're fixing to enter into the rest or the seventh, the seventh year. Amen? We'll, get, we'll, we'll touch on that later. But now notice, darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Notice that's a capital S. This is speaking about the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. And what's he doing? He's moving. Everybody say moving. So the first revelation we get of God, we see God, Elohim, in the first verse there, God creating, he is creating. And then as he comes back to the earth to review what's going on on this planet, he sends his spirit to begin to what? To begin to move. I'd like to say this. He started moving way back in Genesis chapter 1 verse 2. He hadn't quit moving. It's people that quit moving. That's one of the realities of the Holy Spirit is he's active or he, there is activity with the Spirit of God. Amen? You know, so many times we minister by faith, we believe God by faith, and every once in a while the gifts of the Spirit will operate and it'll be a whole new level or a whole new anointing. That's still the Spirit, same Spirit of God that moved on the face of the deep is moving in island church. Come on, church. You ought, you ought to at least go, thank God. Amen? Hallelujah. Verse 3, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. So 
There was no day, there was no night. You say, what do you mean? Darkness was upon the face of the earth, upon the whole earth. So whatever God did to cut the lights back on, he did it by his word. Now this is amazing because just in the first three verses of Genesis chapter 1, we see the Trinity. We see the Trinity. We see God, Elohim, our heavenly Father. We see the Spirit of God moving on the face of the earth. And then right there in verse 3, and where it says, and God said, then there's a comma, and right next to that comma, there's the word let, L-E-T. In King James, it's capitalized. You say, why is it capitalized? Because that let right there is Jesus. When God said let, there's Jesus right there. Let there be light, there's Jesus right there. Because he is the light. He is the light. See, by him all things exist. By him all things find their consistency in the material realm. He is our all in all. In him we live and move and have our being. We are complete in him. The word backs it up that without him, this whole thing just dematerializes and vanishes. He is the word of Almighty God. Amen. Now notice what it says. It says, and God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters. That's there in verse uh, 6. And God made the firmament and he divided the waters which were under the firmament and the waters which were above the firmament and it was so. And God called the firmament heaven and the evening and the morning were the second day. And God said, let the waters under the heaven be gathered together unto one place and let dry land appear. Now notice this, and it was so. And God called the dry land earth and the gathering together of the waters he called seas. He, he called he seas and God saw that it was good. And now notice this. And God said, let the earth bring forth grass and the herb yielding seed and the fruit tree yielding fruit after its kind whose seed is in itself upon the earth and it was so. Now, here we have God beginning to put into the earth the laws of creation. Amen? You say, what is, the what is the first law? The first law is communication through words. That which, that which is uh, assimilated, broadcast or spoken, and is intelligible. You say, what do you mean by that? God carries knowledge. Our knowledge is so limited. You say, why? Because the glory of that knowledge would affect, would affect us neg negatively, <laughs> negatively in, in a mind not completely renewed and in a, in a body that's dying. We can't eat off the tree of life. Well, we'll go to that. We'll pick that up next week when we look at the fall. But here is God speaking. Now, you got remember this. Remember, he's what? Speaking, he's speaking, he's speaking, and it's happening, it's happening. Speaking, happening, speaking, happening, speaking, happening, amen? So he's releasing these laws through a simulated and transmitted thought by words. You're going to get real happy over this in just a, just a little bit, amen? How's my time? Oh, okay, I need to get going. The earth is beginning to take a form because it was void and without form, because without a form, it cannot have a purpose. And without a purpose, it has no value. So God was taking something that had no purpose 
And he was given it purpose so it would have value. You say, what is that? It's the earth. And so in order to do that, he had to put it into order. There had to be day, there had to be night. You say, why? Because without day and night, we don't have the seasons. All the other laws are interconnected with the laws that are given. You say, what do you mean by that? All the other Genesis laws of God are interconnected. That's why we need the function and form of the earth operating as it should, and it should do that for that 1,000-year millennial reign. We'll see it as it was created to be. Operating by the Word of God. You say, what do you mean by that? You won't see hurricanes. You won't have earthquakes. There won't be famines. The earth will grow, and it will be blessed of the Lord, and Jesus will rule, rule and reign from Jerusalem. And we'll, we'll be his servants, sons and daughters, brothers and sisters upon the earth. Amen. I don't want to miss that. But now creation is putting it what? Putting it all in order. Ocean over here. Continent over here. How's God doing that? By his word. He's speaking. Now it either happened in a millisecond or it took millions of years. I don't know. It happened. God spoke it and it happened. And he measured it in days. So if he measured it in days, there's one of two possibilities. One that it took place in a 24-hour period. Another is that it took place in a thousand years. Because Peter said in reflecting back toward creation that a, that a, that a day with it was the Lord of a thousand years and a thousand years is with a day. But all this is happening, amen? And then he comes to this. Let the earth bring forth grass and the herb yielding seed. Now notice that. Everybody say seed. And the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind whose seed is in itself, whose seed is in itself upon the earth and it was so. You can't produce hybrids that produce in any, in any genre of life. Aquatic life, the life of the heavens, the birds and the air, uh, the plants of the, the plants, the microscopic. You can't do it. You can create a mule of any kind. But every seed is in itself. Every seed is in itself. Every seed is in itself. That's a law of God. That's a law of God. Amen. Now notice, notice these laws are very powerful, very important. It says, and God saw that it was good, and the evening and the morning were the third day. And God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and for years, and let them be for lights in the firmament of heaven to give light upon the earth, and it was so. Now I, listen to this, church. If you study creation, with an ear for revelation, there's no way you can deny there's a God. You can't do it. You say, why? Because the times and the seasons and everything. Listen, there may be a little alteration every once in a while where we have a, you know, a warm winter or a cold winter or a warm summer or a cold summer. But for the most part, year after year, decade after decade, century after century, millennia after millennia, just like God spoke it into existence, it's been happening. Day and night. The seasons that take place. All of the order that God put in the earth and in creation is still operating in the earth and man can do nothing to alter it. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Then he puts this powerful law of everything that is living and alive upon the earth. It has the seed of itself in itself. You say, what does that mean? Reproduction. That means God wants to, everything God does, he wants it to grow. 
See, that's what he wants us to do. He wants us to grow from the inside out. Now, notice this. Are you liking this? I hope you are. This is good stuff. It says there in verse 16, And God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day. Where the sun come from? God made it. And the lesser light to rule the night. And he made the stars. Where did the stars come from? Where did the must have been some great big bang out there? No, God made it. How did he make it? He made it with his word. He said, how did he do that? I don't know, but I understand it. Amen. God set them in the firmament of the heaven. Why? To give light upon the earth. Did you know the purpose of the universe is not the earth? I mean, excuse me, the purpose of the earth is not the universe, but the purpose of the universe is the earth. You know, I read something one time in a magazine. I, I, I wish I'd have kept it because it was very interesting. And it talked about how every star has an effect upon the earth. Every star has a, and it's not a, it's not a real measurable effect that you would say, well, if this star was blocked or that. No, but every star has some type of purpose on the earth, either as a measurement or navigational or some other, some other whatever it may be. But every star in heaven has an effect upon the earth. That's a, now, you know how they found that out? In this, this, this article I was reading was not in a Christian magazine. They found this out by beginning to study stars one at a time and their effect upon the earth. And after years of study, they couldn't find a star that didn't have an effect. Hallelujah. You know, he's a smart dude, man. I'm telling you. He, he figured, I tell you, don't try to figure him out. Just, just thank God he loves you. Amen. The evening and the morning were the fourth day. God said, let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that have life, the, the, the moving creature that hath life and fowl that they may fly above the earth in the open firmament. And God created great whales and every living creature that moveth, which the waters brought forth abundantly after their kind and every winged fowl after his kind. And God saw and it was good. And God blessed them saying, be fruitful and multiply, fill the waters in the seas. And let the fowl multiply in the earth. And the evening and the morning were the fifth day. And God led set. Now notice this. Let the earth bring forth the living creature. Here you go. After his kind. Here we have that law of Genesis again. And the creeping thing. And the beast of the earth after his kind. And it was so. And God made the beast of the earth of the earth after his kind. And cattle after their kind. And everything that creepeth, creepeth, creepeth upon the earth after his kind, and God saw that it was good. Everybody says God saw it was good. So here is your creation of everything that is nature. Now you can go through all of the different categories, the animal life, plant life, plant, uh, life in the sea, life in the air, life in the dirt, life under the ground. I mean, I mean, everywhere you go, there is, there is a testimony of the life of God. Amen? But now read between the lines and allow revelation to wake something up on the inside of you. The next verse is a pivotal verse in studying redemption and creation and understanding what God says next. Because now you've got six days in which the plants, the animals, the earth is put into order, the sky is put into the order, the, 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 the sun, the moon, Everything that's out there, God has spoken to existence. He's created. He put it in order. He runs it. He propels it. He maintains it by his mighty word of power, who is Christ, which will help you understand the magnitude of the sacrifice to save you. 
We'll study that more when we study what happened from the cross to the throne. But the next verse, notice verse 26. We'll close with this. This we'll pick it up next week. Verse 26, and God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air, over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Now, this is something that we're going to have to realize because a lot of times the weight that we put on certain things, some things we do not put as much weight as we should on some things and others we should put more weight on than we, sh than we have been. God makes man in his likeness in his image. Amen? So we have to trust. Now, the Bible is written in progressive revelation form, line upon line, precept upon precept. That means you build in revelation, which means some things come to an end and they don't operate like that anymore. And there, God says he folds them up and puts them away. And other things operate. And what is operating in the earth today is a spirit of seeing and knowing so that these things become reality or real. Amen. A lot of redemptive teaching did not really begin to take hold and take place till the 70s. And in the 70s and 80s, and then into the early 90s before the, before the revelation of, uh, of prosperity uh, went out and then got perverted, amen. Redemptive teaching was everywhere. E.W. Kenyon's books were being read all over the country. He's a, he's a premier writer of redemptive things. A Brother Hagin's books on redemption. People were studying who they were, what they could do, what they have in Christ. Now, this all goes back to the reality that according to the laws of that progressive revelation, we have to look back 26 verses to get an understanding of the nature of what we're created after. What are we bearing the likeness and image of? What do we bear the likeness and image of? Now, according to these verses, we bear the likeness and image of a creature, everybody say a creature, who produces out of his own heart communication that brings into existence his world by words. Now listen, you may think this is extreme thinking, but when you really break it down to its, to its real basic understanding, we're all creatures of what we have spoken to existence. Good, bad, ugly, amen, oh me, what are we going to do now? Or help me, Jesus, you know? Amen? One of the first messages I heard John Osteen preach after I came back to the Lord was on a Wednesday night. I decided to go to Bible school up there, and I went up there, and he taught on if you want something to change in your life, you're going to have to change your words. And he went into these scriptures, and he began to show through his teaching we are made in the likeness and the image of this being, of this entity that speaks things into existence. Speaks it into... Now, you think about the sum total of your life. And really, everything that you are and everything that you have and everything that you've ever done is a sum total of what you've believed in your heart and spoken with your mouth, which is a human law, the law of humanity. See, we have to understand what are laws that pertain to the human family and what are laws that pertain to the family of God. Amen? You say, why is that? Because the language of humanity has fallen. 
When man fell, we study the fall, you'll see the first thing that fell was their communication. They lost their communication with God. They lost their communication with, with each other. And then when they begin to get communication back, they got it in the realm of the demonic and God had to take and confuse their languages to keep them from doing something really stupid. We'll study that when we study the Tower of Babel. But what you need to be impressed with and what you need to see is, is your family portrait. You are a being that everything you're going to get out of life, you're going to have to speak it into existence. And if you don't speak, well, what if I say something that doesn't happen? Well, you don't believe it anyway. Now, really think about that. I mean, if you, if you even question uh, the, the law, because that's what it is, it is the law of creation where God creates something after his own image and likeness. And he created us in the realm of humanity, and we stay in the realm of humanity as he maintains his position of deity over us as creator. Amen? So we see here a God, a being. Now notice this. Oh, my time's up. And I did write some notes. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> now notice this. Let us make man in our image and after our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the, over the, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, over all the earth. Now listen to this. And over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So he's, he's, he's warning them of something creeping. Amen. But then now notice well, th this will be it, I promise. Verse 27. So God created man in his own image and in the image of God created he, him, male and female created he, them. Now, man created, God created man first spiritually. Amen? So let me help you if you're watching by internet. Your gender is a spiritual identity given to you by God. Amen? It is. We see it right here in Genesis chapter 1 verse 28 where he made us in his likeness and image and obviously God carried within his image both a male and female character. So he created, now existing upon the earth, we know of at least now because of progressive revelation, we'll find another entity or being in the garden. But right now we've only got, we've only got God, this being who can manifest himself in three different entities. And now we have two other spiritual entities upon the earth. And they are, one is a male and one is a female. And that's all we know about it. But that gives us another law. What is the law? The gender law. Amen. Now these laws of God, notice what the enemy is always trying to do. He's trying to usurp the laws of God. He's trying to get everybody to think they're crazy, that they're, you know, God somehow stuck them in the wrong body or something. No, no. The, the laws of procreation, which we will look at, assure you that every seed will reproduce after its own kind. Amen? And God has created us. And let me tell you something. You pre-existed in him before, your, before you were conceived in the womb of your mother. Do you understand that? And in that pre-existing condition, you were either male or female. Yes. 
And once the rapture takes place and the glory of seven years of, of triumphal celebration in, in heaven and then coming back to the earth and taking this earth back over, you will step back into your gender. You will still be what you were created to be because God will not usurp the laws of his own word because he does all things after the counsel of his own word. But my closing statement is this. You have to understand. He said, well, and see what the devil wants to do. He always wants to make victims out of everybody. But in reality, you listen to a person who's really down and out talk. I mean, they're really down and out. I mean, they're down on the bottom and they're like, oh, me, and it's everybody's fault. And, well, you know, uh, you listen to, you listen, and then you look at their life, how what they're saying and what's manifesting in their life is lines right up with the Word of God. Lines right up with the Word of God. And in understanding that, how much more diligent, oh my God, how much more diligent do we need to be in speaking the Word of God, standing in faith? And listen, this is the thing that you're going to have to really, really press into in this study of redemption is this. It is a subject that if you're not careful, your mind will wander off and say, well, I really wish he was teaching on healing because I really need to be healed. Or he really needs to be teaching on prosperity because I got some real financial problems. Or he needs to be teaching on marriage. Or he needs to be teaching on the family. Or he needs to be teaching, no, no, no. Because all of those other subjects will find their place and their answers in the provision of God in revelation in you of who you are, what you have, and what you can do in Christ and what happened in creation and what God has done through glorious redemption so that you can be an overcomer of anything that's ever happened to you in your life and build a brand new life by what? Creating your world with the Word of God. Hallelujah. Isn't God good? Lift your hands. Say out loud, Heavenly Father. Thank you for who I am, what I have, what I can do in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Father. Your life, your light, your truth abide and live in me. And the glories of what you've done for me in Christ will not be wasted on me, for I will glorify you. I will magnify you. I will walk in his life. I will walk in his liberty. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Now lift your hands and thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. So we see creation. Seven days. Amen. You say, how long did that take? Seven days. That's what the Bible said. Created the heavens and the earth. One of the, one of the most outstanding testimonies given by Dr. Youngie Cho, pastor of the big mega church in, in Seoul, Korea, uh, they needed a printing press in order to uh, fulfill the obligations and needs they had for printing. Their church had a church of 50,000 that grew to a church of over 2 million. So they, you know, they were paying enormous amounts of money to just have their, their church stuff printed. So they bought them, found a printing press. It was in Switzerland. $14 million and another $7 million just to ship it here and set it up. $21 million. You got a large congregation, should come in, you know, just get up and tell. No. He said, man, I got up and pulled for money, pulled, pulled for money, like to wore me out. He said, I got so frustrated. See, we're all the same. That's a man that prayed four hours a day every day. And there he is frustrated, trying to find the will of God. Amen. That ought to help somebody to understand that.
man of that caliber, still struggling with the same things we struggle with. Amen. So he said it just really got on him. And it, it, he said it began to affect him physically. And the Lord told him, he said, if you don't let go of this, it, it'll kill you. And he said, well, I got, you got to show me how to do that, Lord, because I, you know, I, 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 I'm doing my best to obey you. And I know that there's a provision there. But you're going to help us, help us get this done. And he said, the Lord took him to Genesis chapter 1 and said to him, I want you to study Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 through 26. And so he did, and he came back, and the Lord said to him in prayer, he said, what did you see? And so he went down all through creation, the first day, the second day, third day, fourth day, fifth day, sixth day, seventh day, and God rested. He said, after he said that, he said, the Lord spoke to him, and he said, you know why I didn't create you until the sixth day? He said, no, Lord. He said, I didn't, because I didn't need you the first day. I didn't need you the second day. I didn't need you the third day. I didn't need you the fourth day. I didn't need you the fifth day. And I really didn't need you the sixth day. I just created you then so I can bring you into the seventh day of rest. Rest in God. He said, rest in the things of God. Know that there's some things that are completed in the spirit. And all you got to do is through faith and patience inherit the promise. That's what you have to do. You just stay with it. You just keep believing God. You just keep growing. And this is, this is the, what would you call it? This is the miracle grow of the Word of God that will grow in your spirit much more faster than what I call need-based doctrines. I thank God for need-based doctrines. We preach on them all the time. Thank God for them. But this is identity-based. This shows you who you are. And I guarantee you, you rise up in the reality of who you are in Christ. Kick the devil out of your health. Kick it out of your finances, out of your mind. I mean, just make a decision. I'm not living under the, under the, under the torment of an enemy. I'm living free in Christ Jesus. And when you make that decision in your mind, I'm telling you, God can do some suddenlies, some immediatelies, and the supernatural can bring you out of anything the devil has tried to torment you with. And he can do it quickly in Jesus' name. Amen. Stand on your feet. Father, we thank you for tonight. Thank you for the living word abiding on the inside of us. Now, thank you, Lord, as we continue in this subject for revelation, for understanding, operating in our minds, in our spirits, and in our souls. Thank you, Father, that the reality and the revelation of the word of God grows in us mightily, that you watch over your word to perform it, that it does not return void, that it is a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path, and that your word, Lord, is what we've hid in our hearts that we might not sin against you. Thank you for the cleansing blood of Jesus. Thank you for the protection of your word, the angelic host. We claim Psalms 91, declaring no evil befalls us, no plague comes nigh our dwelling. Angels have charge over us. Lord, in our travels, in the righteous labor of our hands, we declare safety and protection. Devil, we bind you in the name of Jesus. We declare you defeated under our feet. We cancel your assignments, your strategies, your plans, and we declare that we walk in the provision of our God who loves and cares for us. Thank you, Father. As we leave tonight, we walk in faith and love towards you. Stir our hearts. Let us be a witness everywhere we go. Let our words be that of life and light. Let, let us demonstrate the love of God in all that we say and do. Thank you, Father, for our church. We walk in love one toward another. Thank you that we are the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. We leave tonight thanking you, Lord, that we're covered by the blood, empowered by the word, and anointed by the Holy Ghost. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com. Hallelujah.